Before we get too far along this morning, I want to take a minute and thank Tommy for allowing me this opportunity. Many years ago, I was blessed to ask to speak in church on occasion, and it was here in this church that the chance to talk from time to time put desire in me to become a lay speaker. This church is a special place, and I know I share that feeling with many of you. I was married here. My mother and father were faithful members here, sharing of their time and gifts, and it is always because of you felt like home. So here it is today that I've been given this opportunity to come before you again. Tommy, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, please open our hearts and minds at the message today will guide and uplift us towards a better relationship with you and the things you would have us do both in this congregation and in the world we live. Amen. In the book of Joshua, there's a very interesting sentence given by Joshua to the people who were about to enter the Promised Land. You will recall they've been on the road a long time. Moses had passed the mantle of leadership over to Joshua, and now they were just ready to go in, and Joshua was, was giving them specific, detailed instructions about how they were to act, about what they were to do, how they were to go about their living. And after giving them all the instructions, then he gave them the reason why he was giving them the instructions. And his reasoning was this, for you have not passed this way before. You have not passed this way before. Now I realize this is the first day of a new year, but it is the first day of the rest of the year. And that's where I'd like for us to see ourselves this morning to talk together about some things, I suppose it might be interpreted as giving advice. I'm really thinking more in terms of thinking with you about some things for the days ahead. First thing I wanna to suggest to you as we start a new day is that you set a goal, that you aim at something, that you catch a dream. Take time to really think about what you want that you cherish an ambition, that you set something out in front of you and give it all you have, starting today. I make no apology for suggesting that we set a goal. It's not easy for any of us to set goals, much less keep them. How important it is throughout each year we review and we put something down, a direction, a goal, an ambition, a dream, and say, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. So the question I ask at the very beginning is, what are you shooting at? Not very good grammar, but a terribly good question. What are you shooting at this year? What do you really want to do? For some of us, setting goals is difficult because we're always judging where we are and placing our emphasis not on what's to come, but instead what has been dragging up excess baggage from the past until we can't enjoy the present. Some of us learned a long time ago some lines that Robert Frost wrote. Maybe you learned them in school as well. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere, ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged into the woods, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and it has made all the difference. Well, there's a lot of people who look back on the diverging of the road and their whole lives have been consumed by, what, what if I'd taken the other road? What if I'd gone another route? 
I wonder if my life, where would I be if I'd taken the other road? They can't live in today and enjoy a purchase they make for fear they're going to find it cheaper somewhere else. Just ruins the whole day. Now, there's not any one of us who have reached our present age and not said to ourselves where he or she is in life. If you think you're the only one who's ever wondered, am I really on the right path? If you've never wondered, then you've got it all to yourself because the rest of us have. Every job looks better on the other side of the fence. The thing I want to say to all of us this morning is you are in a place and wherever it is, don't spend your time trying to think about and be consumed by what might have been. Take it where you have it. Set something out in front of you and give it everything you have. Give it everything you have. Now, the second thing I want to say to you is this. You're the key to the accomplishment of that goal. Basically, you're the key. We live in a time when it's very convenient and easy to blame the circumstances of life for everything that happens. Well, you know, I grew up in this. The winds knocked me down. Something happened to me. And we're always blaming the circumstances of life for everything. I want to say to you today, the winds have been blowing on everybody. Sometimes. The storms hit every one of us and they turn us around and cause all kinds of things. But you can't go through life blaming circumstances for what you are or where you are. You have to assume the blessed right that you're the skipper of your own ship. The rudder of your ship is in your own hands. And you can do something about it if you dare to do it. I don't understand sailing. Ella Wilcox wrote some poems. Apparently she didn't understand it either. She said, one ship east, another west, by the same self winds that blow. Tis the set of the sails and not the gales that tell us the way to go. Now, I don't understand how two sailing vessels can go in opposite directions with the same wind either, but I know they do. You see, it's the hoisting of the sail that makes all the difference. You have the rudder of your own life in your hands, and it's going to do no good as you set your goals to wait for something else in life to determine where you go. That's your job, and it ought to be taken seriously. Oh, you look around sometimes and you feel sorry for yourself and you say, you can't change human nature. Sure you can. Sure you can. It's the only nature you can change. You can't change physical nature, but you can change human nature. You can develop a new attitude. You can breathe a new spirit. You can dream a new dream. You can rise to new heights, and that's the gospel. And if we couldn't do that, why in the world did Christ ever come from God? That's the gospel. You can be something new. So I say to you this morning, you're that key. You're the key. And the third thing I want to say to you is I hope for all of you that you will begin to live life to the fullest, living every moment, savoring every day, not wasting one single moment. Life is precious. Today is Sunday, August 27th. You will never get Sunday, August 27th, 2023 again. What you build up this next year will be built. What you tear up will be torn up. What you leave undone will remain undone. David Heath and Randy Goldberg were two friends who worked for an ad agency in 2011. They ran across a Facebook post, one that just popped up randomly, that said this. Socks are the item homeless shelters need most. 
For some reason, the two could not shake this quote, and in the next few months, they decided against all odds to do something about it. They decided they wanted to create a company that would donate one pair of socks to the help the homeless for every pair they sold. Told over and over by leading businessmen, it was cost prohibitive. The company would fail. They'd never be successful. Well, they set out to do it anyway. They named the company after the Latin word for bumblebee. The reason is the bumblebee is always working together in the hive to make the community better. Sewn inside every pair of socks they make, the words, be better. Since opening this company, the Bombas Company has given away over 40 million pairs of socks to the homeless. The founders admit the idea was never on their bucket list, but somehow, some way, it permeated and bubbled to the surface by way of a Facebook page. Some say that's coincidence. I believe someone else had a role in it. A couple years ago, three young men, Aaron Smallier, Christian Lacassie, Daniel Hanneken, were sitting at a lunch table at Canterbury High School in Fort Myers, Florida. <laughs> the conversation centered on how badly their grandparents were at anything technical. And, at, and yet, after the laughter faded, one of them came up with a seriously good idea. So they sent some emails to Brookdale Senior Living Center offering help, but their emails went unanswered. The three boys later laughed, figuring they probably went to their spam folder. But not to be deterred, and with the living center just across the street, the three boys, still too young to, to drive, decided just to walk over and introduce themselves. And they've been doing that ever since. One elderly man just wanted to know how to text a photograph. One of the ladies wanted to clear out her emails, all 122,000 of them. They say for the kids it wasn't always easy, but they kept coming back anyway. And the folks at the center say these young men are a blessing, always full of patience week after week. And while the phone was the main reason that brought these two, two groups together, once the phones were put down, it was the conversations that continued that seemed the most. A very simple yet special gift from the hearts of three special young people. One last amazing story this morning. This lady was born in January 1946 on the banks of the Little Pigeon River, fourth of 12 children. The house had no running water, no indoor plumbing, and she began to sing at church at age six. She's gone on to become a successful songwriter and performer known throughout the world for her philanthropy. And she's always said that of all her blessings, making people happy brings her the most joy. You probably know her as Dolly Parton. In 1988, Parton established the Dollywood Foundation, and its original goal was to help children in the region achieve educational success. But it morphed into the Imaginary Library in 1995, a program that gives out books to children across the globe, free of charge, from birth until they begin their first year of school. To date, 200 million books have been distributed free of charge to children in five countries because of her philanthropy. Her list of acts of kindness go on and on, but here's something even more amazing. You may know this, but Jeff Bezos, the third wealthiest person in the world last year, gave her $100 million of his own money. Why? He said he felt because of her commitment to doing good, he knew she would know how to use it best. What a compliment. 
One morning, a pastor was walking down a country road, and he sees a young man struggling to load hay back on the cart after he'd fallen off. You look hot, my son, added the pastor. Why don't you rest a moment, and I'll give you a hand? No, thanks, said the young man. My father wouldn't like it. Don't be silly, said the minister. Everyone's entitled to a break. Come, have a drink of water. Again, again the young man protested that his father would really be upset. Well, losing his patience, the minister said, your father must be a real taskmaster. Tell me where he is, and I'll give him a piece of my mind. Well, the young man said, he's under this load of hay. <laughs> Often we can't see the real problem for the hay that's piled up on top of us, the things that give us direction to our purpose. Sometimes we look for the easy way out. I'm not wealthy. What can I do? I'm too busy. What can I do? I'm far too old to help. God brought you into this world with a purpose. You were born with talents and offerings long before you knew what they were. He needed you to be in this world. Unless I've lost my marbles, as my grandsons like to remind me, I believe he has the reason for you to be right where you are. How long do you have? I couldn't begin to answer that for you or for me. I go to bed each night and thank God for all the blessings he shared with me over 67 years, and none of those thousands of blessings did I deserve. And when I wake up, my first thought is to thank God for another day and softly say, he must not be done with me yet. One morning, seems a mother went in to wake up her son and tell him it's time to go and get ready for church, to which he replied, I am not going. Why not, she said. I'll give you two good reasons. First, they don't like me, and second, I don't like them. His mother replied, I'll give you two good reasons why you need to go to church. First, you're 59 years old, and second, you're the pastor. <laughs> Some days we just can't get past all those little things that hold us back. So when is the best time to get started on the real thing God wants you to do? My guest best is today. Don't wait until next year or next week. Start today. Make a plan. Give of yourself and make those around you in this world better. Today, you may not have $100 million in your pocket, but you do have talents. You do have dreams that I believe God put on your heart. The question is, will you answer and reach out for those dreams? It is up to you. Age four or 104, will you commit to your dreams Will you take time to pray about finding them? Will you give of your talents and your time to answer your heart to help those sitting next to you in the pew, in this church, in this community and beyond? I truly believe that's why you were born. There is a lesson for us here. You can focus on God. You can have faith in God. You can consecrate yourselves and prepare your hearts but until you actually take that initial step forward into what God has called you to do, I doubt anything really special will ever happen. Patty and I were blessed to be part of the Faith Flower Tour to Amsterdam this past spring. We saw tulip fields in full bloom like you cannot imagine. One of the wholesale tulip farmers explained to us that the entire tulip flower, the whole flower, is already in that bulb deep down inside. He went on to say, if you slice the tulip bulb in half, you'd find an unbelievable miniature tulip flower just waiting to come out. God does that with our dreams. 
Deep down inside, they're placed within us. Perfect in every way, we just have to give ourselves the moment to dream. In closing, I want to share one last thing, but I must tell you this first. When our grandson was about to be born, my daughter came to me and asked, like many of you have been asked, Dad, what do you want to be called? I responded that it really didn't matter. The child was going to end up calling me what he or she decided. She said, I know, but what do you want to be called? I thought for a moment in my smarty pants response, I said, Senior El Dorado. <laughs> Thankfully, that's since been shortened to Rado, and that's what her two boys call me today. So back to the story. Judd, the oldest, now six, and I were walking on the farm. Judd looked at me and said, Rado, did God make you? I said, yes, Judd, he did. A few more minutes, Judd said, Rado, did God make me? And I said, yes, Judd, he did. A few more steps into our walk, and Judd looked at me and said, you know what, Rado, I think he's getting better at it. I've thought a lot about that. I think he's right. I see it in the faces of the children we have here at church. Their tiny world lights up as they return back to their pews with their worship bags. I see it in the members of the congregation who have over the years found selfless ways to answer God's call to help those not just in this congregation, but in this and other communities. As the small tag in Bombas socks says, be better. But even better, be more. More than you can imagine. God is honored when we let the imaginations he gave us soar, soaring as we move our eyes beyond the present. What has God been preparing you and me to do right now? If you were to put a pin in every significant moment of your life, where does that line take you? What has God been doing in you to get you ready for the next great adventure of your life? The Bible never talks about retirement. What the Bible tells us about is one more adventure all of our other adventures have prepared us for. Maybe God has been showing you things because they are the moments he has been preparing you for. Do you believe for one minute that a seven-year-old Dolly Parton had any idea what her life would hold? That someone would give her a hundred million dollars to share as she sees fit? But your dreams are that big. God makes really big dreams. And wouldn't it be just like God to hold the best for last? My prayer to you today is this. If you haven't found a way to answer God's call to you, please give some time and think about what your dreams might be. Just in this church alone, someone unlocks all our doors each Sunday. Someone sings in the choir. Someone ushers each Sunday. Someone prepares the bread and wine for communion. Someone makes up food boxes for the hungry. Someone delivers furniture. Someone answers the office phones and someone changes the pyramids. Someone visits the shut-ins and someone greets our visitors. Someone makes our coffee on Sunday and someone mentors our Boy Scouts. Someone teaches Sunday school. Someone packs the children's worship bags and these are just a few. Aren't you someone, someone with a dream in your heart to be a part of God's work? Could you teach? Could you give of your time? Could you share your gifts so that others are uplifted? So what has been said today? It's just words. 
It's just words. Without some type of commitment to act upon your dreams, it's just words. The Bible is filled with words, but without commitment, without making an agreement to do something with your life, the Bible is just words. But if we take those words to heart, if we somehow accept that God has a unique purpose for us to help our neighbor, help our community, help our world, then what we get in return is a better world, a world God really wants for us as well. Keep dreaming. Keep hoping. Keep believing and look at your gifts and find ways to be a better person. That's what God wants for you and me as we spend our lives together.